Anthony's new book is out, Unstuck, a life manual on how to be more creative, overcome your obstacles, and get shit done. Check out anthonymindel.com slash unstuck to sign up for updates, promotions, and get your copy of Unstuck today. Hi, everyone. I'm Anthony Mindel. Welcome to In The Moment, a podcast about acting, art, and life, and that tricky little thing we're all after but rarely find ourselves in, the moment. In this series, I talk to all kinds of creatives and friends about the joys and the ah, heartache and challenges of acting, writing, producing, and getting out of our own ways to be the creative channels we all are. For more information, go to anthonymile.com, and you can also find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Okay, I hope you enjoy. On today's episode, Tony chats with four-time Emmy award-winning casting director, John Frank Levy. John is known for casting ER, The West Wing, and Shameless, to name a few. They chat about the mindset of seeing opportunity in every step of your career, the nuances of your type as an actor, and John's new book, Write for the Role, Breakdowns, Breakups, and Breakthroughs from 35 Years of Casting Iconic TV Shows. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of In The Moment Podcast. You can tell I've been podcasting for a while. Um, I'm really excited uh, to be here with you all and to talk about, you know, new insights about creativity and the business and Hollywood and acting and just life on planet Earth with my guest today, casting director extraordinaire who's been in, he, he has some things to teach all of us because he's been in the business for a long time. Welcome, John Frank Levy. Hi, thanks for having me. Hi, John. How are you? I'm doing well uh, on a sunny Southern California Friday morning. That's right. Always sunny in LA, it feels like. <laughs> and you must have been, you must have, are you from here originally? Where, what's your... Oh, no, I, I grew up in the Bronx in oh, Riverdale wow. um, and uh, I went to college in Rochester, New York, and then uh, came out here in the very early 70s. Oh, wow. Uh, and, and I've been here ever since. And I mean, and did you come out, were you an actor originally or? Well, I, I, you know, I, uh, in college, I directed a lot of theater. Okay. And uh, I was uh, not a very good actor. So I, I, uh, I gravitated towards directing. And when I got to LA, I directed a play uh, which led to a lot of opportunities. Um, uh, it was a happy accident. And what was LA like in the seventies? Whoa. I remember. Uh, Do you remember anything? <laughs> sure. I remember a halftime of the Super Bowl of the first year that I was here in, in you know, whatever, in January. And uh, I called my friends who still lived in the mountains in New York state and uh, said, you know, I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt and I have a cold beer in my hand. Uh, what's it like there? And it was snowing like crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, that is why people come here uh, for the weather. But I always joke like climate change is really changing, you know, the hemisphere anyway, and where we may pretty soon New York is going to be balmy like, uh, you know, Miami Beach. So we could talk about that later. Um, sure. Let's let me just for for your for my guests here who aren't aware I mean, you have such a track record of casting so many iconic shows from ER to The West Wing, China Beach, Shameless with the lovely Emma Kenny, 
um, and Izzy Gorister, who I love, the people who've studied at the school, uh, Animal Kingdom, Southland. I mean, I can go on and on and on. I mean, you've been doing this for a long time. It would actually take a long time to uh, list the failures. You've just listed the successes. <laughs> well, that's a really great point, right? Like, I think we kind of live in a uh, risk-averse kind of business sometimes where we're scared to put ourselves out there or do something because it might not work. Or, you know, the I always say that the only way that we achieve anything in life is through our failures, right? Like, you just have to keep showing up. Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And, and, and uh, success is a dangerous commodity uh, unless you are in a community where the leadership uh, keeps everybody in in check, uh, failure is an opportunity to learn so much more. I mean, both are uh, an opportunity to learn about yourself and about yourself as a person and again yourself as an artist. Um, uh, and they both can be life changing, and they both have their uh, traps. And <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah I mean, uh, we, we did, you know, after the enormous success of ER, we did a couple of pilots that uh, didn't go or that went for a very short time. John Wells Productions pretty much had carte blanche at uh, Warner Brothers, which was our creative home. And also at, at NBC, particularly because uh, ER had done so well for them. Um, and, and, you know, uh, not everything works. Uh, you know, if you're a baseball player and you get one hit every three times you're up, you're going to be a millionaire. Uh, uh, the same is true for actors. Uh, I think, I don't know what you would say. Uh, how many auditions do you need to get a job? Ten? Oh, nowadays? Wow. Um, you know, I think, it, you know, you can speak to this too, you know, John, but I think it's, it's so, you know, there's more opportunities in a way, but because there's so many more actors, it's just, um, I don't know. I think it's <laughs> much more than, I was going to say 50, you know, it's a lot. And as yeah. you know, every actor has a different journey into it, right? Like I always say that there's this Mark Ruffalo story where he'd been around LA, he'd been in LA for like 10 years and he went to some casting director and she was so excited about his work and and he hadn't worked at all up until then. And she said, oh my gosh, you're so amazing. Like, where have you been? And he said, I've been here. I've been here this whole time, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think, I mean, that's part of, I think what we're speaking to of not, uh, I, I think an actor sometimes because so much of an actor's worth and also the metric that we use to define success is by booking a job. But as you know, when you come into casting, you see a lot of amazing actors and for whatever reason, they're not right for a role and they don't get it. Or you'd love to, you know, you'd love to get them the job, but for some reason, the producer doesn't respond or it reminds them of their ex-wife or whatever variables, right? That, <laughs> that we can't control, but that doesn't mean that the actor isn't successful just because it hasn't been parlayed into a booking yet. I completely agree. The, you know, uh, I think actors need to see auditioning as getting to do the thing you love. That's right. <clears throat> you know, it's an opportunity to act. And, uh, and the, the uh, success or failure isn't simply about booking the job. Obviously booking the job is the best outcome that can happen. Um, but, but uh, you know, 
developing a relationship with the casting director, uh, you know, uh, uh, feeling good about yourself and confident, uh, uh, having an experience, being more relaxed than you've ever been before, being more present than you've ever been before. Mm. Uh, you know, all of those things are wins. They're not, you know, the ultimate win, but they are. And, and, and I think, you know, actors need to uh, see opportunity as a win. Yeah, I mean, I think you're, you're touching on some really important points. You know, I also think, uh, yeah, you just said a lot of really great stuff there. I mean, I started taking some notes of things that I wanted to circle back on I, uh, about, you know, for actors really changing this mindset instead of auditioning for something. Instead, they're going in and they're doing their work, right? Because that may be the only work that they get that week in turn. And they may not even get the job, but if they start to see the audition more of as their opportunity to play or exercise themselves in a way that they, that's the actor's job, right? And it actually can change how they see quote unquote auditioning. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Uh, uh, it is an opportunity to do what you love and any opportunity to do anything you love yeah. uh, is, is a great day. Yeah. And also, you know, John, I, you know, Anne Hash, who recently passed away. I don't know if you ever worked with her, but yeah, I love- it was a, a series we did called The Brave. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, for NBC uh, uh, five or eight years ago. And, okay. Uh, uh, so I, I knew her a little. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I'll, I'll just, you know, at the height of her when she was in, um, she had like a whole bunch of big movies coming out, right? The, the one with Harrison Ford, where she's a love interest, and then Nicole Kidman's sister in, in Birth, I think it was. And I remember reading an article about her in the New York Times, and she said, you know, not one acting job is going to change your career. And I always that always stuck with me, like how you just have to keep going and that you think a booking is going to change your life and it may give you opportunity or it may like help you pay your mortgage or it may give you access to like a whole different level in your work, but it's, you just, it, that job will be over and then you have to like audition for another job. Right. I think that was her point about you just have to keep on it. Yeah. I mean, I, I certainly agree that perseverance is a, an enormously important quality, but I'm not sure I agree that one job, I mean, you know, for me, ER changed Change. my career and changed my life uh -huh, uh -huh. In, in very uh, tangible ways. Uh, it, it, it gave me two Emmys. It gave me a, a number of Ardios awards and that in turn gave producers and directors and writers confidence in hiring me and so there was a lengthy period of time when uh i was cashing in the chit from uh from the success of of er uh, gratefully and and also you know uh, uh, keeping my head on so that i continued to do good work uh and continued to uh merit that confidence and that opportunity and that success and how did, I mean, ER is such a, you know, I mean, everybody knows that ER. How did you, did you shoot, I mean, did you uh, cast the pilot? And then from there, it I became... cast uh, all 331 episodes. Oh my God. Um, over John, 15, that's crazy. Over 15 seasons. And uh, I had just come over from the former Warner Brothers to 
uh, after the merger with Lorimar. And oh, it was wow. a whole yeah. new group of uh, executives that I didn't know. Uh, I was riding a little bit high on the success of China Beach, which is where I met John Wells, uh, who was brought in after the pilot to run the writer's room under John Sacred Young and Bill Broyles. Um, and and uh, ER came through odd circumstances and uh, it landed at John Wells's office and he had an overall deal at Warner Brothers Television. He brought it to my attention. When I first read the script, it just said nurse, nurse, EMT, doctor. Uh, a few of them had names, the regulars, but you know we had to figure out whether the nurse on page 42 was the same nurse same on nurse. page 61. Um, and, you know, I described in the book, uh, Kevin Scott, who was my uh, assistant at the time, who's gone on to do a lot of great work on his own. Um, you know, it, we, we, I sat in the middle of the floor of my office. This is long before cell phones and the internet and electronic submissions and all of that. And um, I sat in the middle of the floor and uh, Kevin surrounded me with photographs of actors we liked. And then he would stand in the doorway and say, uh, 45-year-old African-American female nurse. And we would pick up the 45-year-old African-American females who we thought might be good for that. And he'd paper clip them together. And then we'd add pictures to fill those spots we were creating our own mainframe <laughs> right yeah <laughs> um, and and we cast all of those wonderful uh, uh people who who went on some of them went on to do more than 250 episodes as the what i call the trampoline of the show mm. the people that, on whom our series regulars uh were able to leap higher than they could excuse me without without that support group uh, I think they were as important to the success in many ways of ER as the five original series regulars were. And then, of course, we added many people over the years as people uh, moved on to other parts of their careers. So you're talking about it the showed me really uh, uh, the important lesson of, uh, you know, a, a, a two line part in the pilot of ER for a nurse who hands a scalpel to Dr. Green uh, could turn into a job for a decade. Right. Uh, wasn't that Gloria Rubin? Wait, was that her name? What was her? Yeah. Oh, wow. I just pulled that. You mentioned, you men mentioned uh, I guess, one of your former or maybe present students, Izzy. Yeah. Garester, actually. Yeah. Uh, she came in on Shameless for a very small part. I know. And of course, it was on pay cable on Showtime. And so sex and sexuality were an important part of it. She had such, she's such a live wire and fit into the scheme of things that she went on to become a regular. Yeah, she did. Yeah. We, I mean, uh, I talk to her all the time still. And yeah, she... I often talk about that story, how she went in as a Russian prostitute, right? And had one line <laughs> or one word, and then it turned into Svetlana, right? Or whoever the character's name was. What? Sorry. I said she was doing a great impression of the accent of her grandmother. Exactly. <laughs> that's what she told me. Yeah, that's exactly right. And yeah, then and, and 
she was a fan favorite, right? That's Absolutely. that's how it works. Yep. It, you just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other and uh, trying not to invest too much in what the result is going to be mm. and just, you know, swing freely and do whatever, you know, eat whatever meal is put in front of you and, and, and just do it with your whole heart and all your imagination and all of the experiences you've had, bring everything to the table every time you can. And, uh, you know, and, and I think, there is such a thing as a job that can change your life. Mm. Well, yeah, you, I guess you spoke of it. And I mean, this also speaks to everybody has a different journey through this business, right? But I love that you said, I mean, uh, the things that you're saying are so much of what I've been teaching and believe in for 25 years now. Like, I love that you said swing freely, right? And I think I was just at our New York school and our Toronto school and teaching there and reminding actors like they get so tight because they they overthink how they think the line should be said and nobody you don't even know right you have an idea of what you think you know the producers may want or what what this person is supposed to look like but it's really when a human being comes in and brings all those things to life and swinging freely Absolutely. is a great you must be a baseball aficionado because these are really great but it's like anything right we we are better when we are out of our head and you 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 i'm not a baseball player so i should not use baseball analogy but yeah swinging freely they're going to hit a home run as opposed to overthinking what their bodies know how to do yeah without without question you know actors i think one of the questions i've gotten over the years and years and years of interacting with actors is what do I do with my nerves well be in the character yeah the character doesn't have your nerves yeah think the thoughts of the character feel the feelings of the character what if yourself into the circumstances and the life of the character and you'll be left behind uh, although you you'll also you're also uh, 100% of the stuff of the character right but you'll be able to release that into the character without you know if, if you're in the thoughts of the actor oh shit you know i'm gonna oh i, I just bungled that line i i said you know welcome people instead of welcome whatever it was you combined two words when we started you know that can make an actor feel go crazy but if you're able to use your imagination and your experiences and your body and your voice it's all you have actors are different than any other artist I, i've said often that if the piano is in tune you can reliably hit the 35th note from the left and know what it's going to sound like well you know actors are the instrument and the player mm -hmm. they're both that's right and and it's uh, it's hard it's really a hard job. You know, that's why so many people get off the bus from whatever town and they were the cutest girl in their high school class or the funniest guy in their high school class. And, and, and they haven't studied, they, they haven't, they haven't uh, embraced preparation and training. And as a result, they have no instrument. Uh, and, and so those natural gifts of beauty or, or charm or, danger or sexuality or whatever qualities people possess, they can't be released because the, the, you can only release them through preparation and technique. That's right.
I mean, I love it. You could teach class for us. Yeah. I mean, it's honing, it's honing who we are is what I always advocate. Right. And it's, and sometimes young people, that's what, you know, being in class or studying is really about is discovering these parts, this raw data or this raw material. And like you said, yeah, learning how to channel it and use it into story. Right. Or like you said about, yeah, go ahead. When I was a young kid and thought I wanted to be an actor, I, I was, I was cute enough. I was funny enough. I was kind of, I had a lot of the things that one needs, but the one thing I didn't have was an awareness of who I was. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 and it wasn't, I wasn't able to succeed at anything, you know, in any aspect of my life until I really began to figure out who I was, what yeah. I had to offer. Yeah, that is the journey. I also think that's why as an acting teacher, it's hard sometimes, right? Because that's kind of what I'm helping people see in themselves of like trying to share with them who they are, not do it for them. But that also is, they have to contend with that because a lot of times we have this picture of who we think we are and then who we actually are. And that's sometimes hard to get our hearts and minds around. You know, that's why people fight. <laughs> and yeah, it's it's tricky. It's tricky. It is. And, and, and you know, I, I've, People always say to me, you know, I, I never like the word type. What's my type? I, right. I hate that. But uh, what are my qualities is a question that I think is worth asking. And, I, and when, when actors have asked me over the years, how do I know what my qualities are? I, I say, well, how does the world treat you? You know, does, do people confide in you all the time? If so, you seem trustworthy. Do people hit on you all the time? If so, you seem sexually uh, available. Uh, you know, do people uh, confront you all the time? You seem combative. Mm. And I think you can discover a lot by honestly looking at the way the world treats you. People- yeah, I think that's a really, those are really great points about finding our qualities. And also, I think I'm always saying to, you know, th- this idea or t- of typing or finding our qualities and leading from those places it's also always trying to magnify who we are, right? Because then it, it, you, I always say like, you're going to get work by being the best you. But first of all, we are only ourselves. So that's all we have to give. But sometimes yeah. actors are not yet, they don't understand that there's so much more of themselves that they have to like, it comes back to what we were just talking about, like discovering who they are. Because yeah, and also every- enhancing who they are by doing things that they don't, that, you know, if you, if you find that your social circumstances are comprised by people of the same education or people of the same religious background or people of the same race or ethnicity or people of, you know, who have all this stuff in common, uh, probably you ha- you're not very broad mm. as a person. You know, if, if you read only fiction, you should probably start reading biography. You know, if you have never been to the Met in New York, you should probably go to the museum and look at the paintings. If you've never been to the opera and you prefer baseball, go to the damn opera. Well, I think that's also, John, about, I think the best actors, you have to be curious, right? About life and yourself and why we're here and what it all means. And yeah, just being open to what it means to be a human being, right? And right, and, be, and the curious is a great word curious, for it. Yeah, yeah. And hungry, and and I mean, I think you have to love people. 
Yeah, that's because true. Because after all, we're telling the stories of people, the same old stories of love and war and power and that's right, you know, loss and death and you know, it's there's not too much new to talk about, but you have to be fascinated by all of the people in your life, especially you. Yeah, yeah. I was just in I'm Greece. Not recommending being so self-involved that you only think of yourself. No, no, no. I, it doesn't. I don't but, think that. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Like, I think it's about wanting to discover who who we are, and I don't. I actually think that's the highest form of maybe altruism, right? Like, really getting out of our own way and becoming less self-involved and more. Uh, I think when we when we have a better understanding of who we are, I think we'll be able to share that with the world, right? And and again, I think so that that's an act of generosity, really. But I was just yeah, going to say, absolutely, it's generosity, it's kindness, it's a, a, an other orientation, and and because our responsibility as storytellers, whatever element, whatever uh, part we play, whatever role we are right for, if I can sort of pitch the title of my book here, <laughs> we're going to get uh, to that. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, um, finding the way in which we can contribute to the stories of our times and of, uh, of other times that we might inhabit you know it, it's a it's a really a high thing we're uh, uh, hoping to participate in mm. you know i think it's in some ways the storytellers of every generation are crucial uh, maybe more than politicians, maybe more than uh, philosophers. Uh, you know, we're, it's active and we're really contributing to society's growth and development of self-awareness and generosity. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I actually think artists, actors are philosophers, right? Again, if they, they're willing to do introspection. And I was just going to say, I was just in Greece working on a movie and, you know, just being there like with the antiquities and uh, just the history and where, as we know, modern Western theater, like, you know, where it originated, you know, Greek theater. I don't know. It was really humbling to see like the storytelling device that's been around for even pre-Greek days. But, but it, it, it really is a, uh, as you said, there, like there is no new story because we've been telling the same story in 10 billion different ways since the beginning of time. But wow, uh, what an ancient art of life that we're all experiencing over and over again, right? It's really beautiful and being there and like seeing the Dionysus theater. And, and also I was saying this to a, a class the other day, like, you know, Dionysus, the God that was the God of fertility and of play and of ecstasy and yeah, like partying and sex. and But I think the point is, is if we look at it through a lens today, it's about self-expression and being ourselves and that, that it is a play. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to, you can't take it seriously, right? And yeah, except to, to the extent that you have to take your work seriously. True, I was work. reading. I was just reading something that uh, Noah Wiley was remembering that Clooney said to the cast of ER at the beginning of the, he called them all into his dressing room, apparently I wasn't there. Um, and, he, and he said, you know, take your work seriously, but don't take yourself too serious. That's right, that's right. You know, and, and uh, you know, be kind to each other, uh, be collaborative, be 
let's create a community that, and a community of respect and collaboration. You know, let's uh, let's be a team. Let's do do this and do it well. And, well, and I, uh, that's great advice. Yeah, that is great advice. I do think like, yes, we have to take our work professionally because it's just a job like any other kind of job. You go to work and you're paid to do your work. But I also think, John, you can attest to this. To me, the actors that book, they go in and they're, I always say they're in a, you know, pardon my French, a fuck it. They really, there is an element of play that they don't care. They're not attached to the the outcome or how you right. think about them. And that is, that's an energy, that's a, that is play because it's not serious what we do. We, we, when I think about acting, I mean, it's such a gift that we're able to like do what we do. And so many actors burden it, I think with a, like life, sometimes we overburden life and, and forget like, wow, I'm just here right now in this body as Tony getting to experience the joys and the heartaches of being alive, but, but this, the life force is still joy, you know? Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And, and the more, the more you're able to uh, embrace that and bring that, uh, you know, uh, uh, being attractive isn't the same thing as being pretty or handsome, but you know, when you come into a room or you're on film or you're on stage, you, you're attracting attention mm. by you're you're seducing the audience and that whole element of you know, of, of playful seduction uh, is so important to getting you know i always used to joke and say that uh, the best way to do casting would be to turn the, the lights off in the room and give every all the directors and the act the the, the writers and producers one of those miners hats right with a, a headlight a light on their head yeah, and yeah. whoever ended up in the light got the job because <laughs> more people were looking at them because right. they were more appealing more attractive they were literally attracting the light yeah i love that john that's a really great analogy attracting energy it's true we want to be we're drawn i always i kind of say i guess slightly different like we are you know human beings we're we're drawn to sort of the train wreck in a way, right? Like we 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 are obsessed with looking at things that fall apart or the tragedy or the tra you know, and, and that's just a different iteration of the same thing. We're we're definitely and that I guess being attracted to something is also the complexity of it, right? Even when it falls apart, it can be really interesting. You know, I'm always telling, you know, I would just actually coach an actor yesterday and he was doing so great. And then he like fumbled a couple lines, but you as the caster director or me reading with him, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even known because the intention of what he's saying is still on point. And in life, we do do that. We have moments of like, ah, and then we speak. And so it's always trying to get the actor to live and, and sit in the stuff that we do in in quote unquote normal life all the time. But for some reason, because of the gosh darn lines, the lines rob us of all this unique kind of humanity that we possess. Tony, you and I right now are in our own personalities and our own bodies and our own voices. And we can't make a mistake. We no, can't that's right. read the line wrong. <laughs> and, and maybe there's a maybe there's gold in screwing something up yeah that's right or, you know not playing the punctuation 
you know, a, a, a pause from a comma and a full stop at a period and a double stop at an exclamation point. Who cares? You, you know, uh, we when I was a kid and wanting to act, I think maybe the most wonderful exercise we ever did uh, was called do it wrong. I you know, that. answer the phone, but don't do it right. Do it wrong. <laughs> I love you it. Know, tie, tie your shoes and tie them wrong. Button your shirt and button it wrong. Button it wrong. I love it. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by We Audition. Receive 25% off with the promo code AMAW on weaudition.com. The video chat community to audition, rehearse, self-tape, and get advice and hopefully book the fucking job. Enjoying In The Moment? Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us at Anthony Mindel and at AMAW Studios, plus all the worldwide accounts near you for updates. John, you're great. I mean, I like, I love you. This is definitely, and again, I think these concepts are so easy to get. Like people can hear that and be like, oh God, of course. And then it's just to me, training or the approach is just you just keep attempting that you keep doing it until you start to get retrained that a perfect offering is not what we're interested in right not at all yeah because there's because no- the the subject matter is imperfect, imperfect people that's right flawed people like we all are anyway that's that's the yeah, irony yeah. of it yeah what a bore it would be if we were all snore yeah <laughs> completely yeah it's your it's your imperfections that are attractive. Yeah. Yeah. So John, I mean, I have so many questions for you, but let's, let's, I know you want to talk about your new book and the award-winning new book. What's the name of it? It's called right for the role, right for the role. And tell me, like, I'm sure you've been working on this, at least even in your head for me, because you're talking to a fellow writer, right? So how long did this gestate or. Well, you know, I I did a, a podcast for another acting teacher. And when we finished, she said, your stories are fascinating. You're a little funny. And I just wrote a book uh, with this woman who helped me greatly. And I think you should meet her. And, and I did. And it was, it, it was uh, January, maybe 10, that would be 10 months into the pandemic. pandemic. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I met with Trudy Roth. Uh, and I was immediately attracted to her intelligence, hmm. her warmth. Uh, 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 she made me feel comfortable because as I'm sure, you know, writing about yourself is a vulnerable thing to do for sure. And I, I, you know, nobody goes into casting for attention. I don't think anybody goes into teaching for attention either. Maybe some people do, and then they're probably not very good teachers because it's about them. But uh, Trudy pulled out of me a, a memory every day for six or seven months, sometimes two or three memories. And at first we, I was typing them on my phone and emailing them to her. And then we met with masks in my backyard. And eventually we were able to, you know, fist bump or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I never had thought about writing a book. In fact, the first day that Trudy and I met, I said, you know, this may end up being an exercise in futility. I'm not sure I have anything to say, uh, you know, or that my experiences really add up to something that's, you know, worth being published and promoted and all of that. 
And, and then of course I discovered in the process, because I'm a great believer in process and so is Trudy, that the book isn't about me. It's about the importance of forming community and inviting collaboration. Um, and, and really that's what we do in film and television and the theater. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we do it for 11 years, you know, 331 episodes. Sometimes we do it for six episodes and four months. And uh, whatever that time frame is, is important. But uh, your first job is to fall in love with the project. And your second job is to look for collaborative people who want to be members of a community that you would like to be a member of. And, and, and so, you know, the, the book is called Right for the Role and obviously that's about casting, but it's also about my finding myself and finding the role in that collaborative community that I was right for, the place that I could succeed. Hmm. And, and by succeed, I don't mean just uh, the, the accolades. I, I mean the satisfaction of work well done with people that you come to love. Right, yeah. I mean, I guess I had an image while you were talking there, just because I have a, a lot of casting friends and I so respect what they do it's so not easy it's really hard but i also thought wow casting directors are artists in their own right because you have this um, um a canvas but that is going to become a mosaic and your job is your artistry is bringing all these disparate parts together to create a picture right with people's faces and personalities and bodies and beings and so I mean, that's like, so to me, that's when you were talking, I was like, oh, wow. So John is an artist creating a mosaic, right? Of, of people. Yeah, and, and actually in the book, I talk about being a kid in Martha's Vineyard on the, in the summers and uh, finding a piece of driftwood on the, on the sand and a bunch of seashells and going home and having my mom uh, drill little holes in the driftwood and I would use fishing wire and hang the seashells, the seashells and that's where I first, you know, I didn't think of a mosaic, although that's a great analogy as well. For me, it, it was a driftwood uh, a mobile ah, that, I, uh, that I've been creating. And so if you hang George Clooney on this end of the driftwood, you, you know, you need Noah Wiley and Eric on the other end and, yeah. and, and, and Anthony Edwards in the middle somewhere. And then you, then, then you have balance and you have intrigue and you have interaction, friction, and um, the opposite of friction too. You right. have all of that. And, and I, you know, I mean, I think uh, mosaic is a great way of talking about it as well. But, and I, I appreciate your saying that uh, we're artists too. Of course, and uh, and, and uh, you know, so is the costumer, and so is oh, the yes, set. Of course, yeah. the, the art design. You know, all everybody, and again, if you have a collaborative community of people who are excellent at what they do, and my great uh, gift was to find John Wells, who believes this too, and and who uh, formed, led us 
into a community of respectful collaboration. Mm. Every day, he insisted that we behave as artists in common, in respect, and in love. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. So, John, are, is your is the book then uh, stories about your own life that, that are interwoven with uh, understanding like the casting process or yes, exactly. yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, you know, I think the greatest compliment that I give Trudy and that people have given us is that it sounds like talking to me. Right. That the book sounds like talking to me, and um, and we do. You know, my personal life. Uh, impacted my professional life. Of course. Uh, they, in fact, they aren't separate. Right, no, none of um, it is. Uh, the mother of my children, my ex-wife, read it recently and said, gosh, you know, you had such a fantastic career and it's obvious that you really loved what you did. Congratulations. Why did you have to talk about our marriage so much? And I, I said, well, because when our marriage was good, it impacted my work. Mm. And when our marriage ended, it impacted I my work. work. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she didn't reply to that, but, <laughs> we're, we're <laughs> but well, yes, my, the book, the book is about being right for the role in life and right for the role in your professional life. I love it. Well, and it I, is, inter yeah. it, you know, it, 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 I mean, it is, you know, a, 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 a casting director, uh, I think you, you know him as well, Tony Sepulveda, who's yeah, a very good course. friend. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he gave the book to, to a veteran casting director, Jeff Greenberg, who emailed me. Oh, I also know, yeah. They, uh, you know, that nobody had ever told the nuts and bolts of the process of casting more clearly than I did, and that it was greatly enhanced by my honest inclusion of where I was at as a person and the things that were uh, crucial to my discovery of myself. Mm -hmm. Well, I love that you're saying this because you are personalizing it. And I think it's for some reason, actors have a hard time remembering that casting directors are also human, that you have a yep. family and a life to go home to after you're done casting. And you, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, I'm always saying it's just like going in and talking to another person because that's really all it is. But but for some reason in the actor's mind, I don't know how they, I don't, I'm trying to think how I saw casting directors early on in my I think career. most actors see casting directors as the thing blocking them. Uh -huh. Yeah. And judging yes. them. And actually, we're the opposite. We're that's the right. funnel. You're the advocate. We want, you, we want to find the role that you're right for. That's right. That's right. But John, you know what that is? You know, I think that is until you open on your journey. I think some of that, seeing the casting order that way, is a projection of our own stuff. Like when I'm just thinking like when I was younger, yeah, seeing somebody as an impediment to something mm. was, a, was my own impediment that I was projecting onto the casting director. Yeah, see, this is really great. Yeah. And then, oh, I'm getting goosebumps. But then that's you know, not that we're such lovely people that we want. I want to go home and have dinner with my kids. Right. Of course. Right. Yeah. I, you yeah. know, I don't want to stay in the office until 1030 because I had a loud session. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. Uh, but I think that that starts to change as, as, again, you get to know yourself and you realize like, 
you know, people are on our side and people do want to, you have a job just like anybody else. And you, you want your job to be easy by finding somebody who's really great. It just makes you, it makes John Wells love you even more because you just found George Clooney or whomever. Right. And so I, I think every I, success piles up on its on itself. Yeah. And, and, it, and it, it, and, and, and they're all freeing to, you know, uh, uh, to do even better the next time, to advocate even more passionately the next time, to, you know, all, all of that is, uh, and, you know, I mean, I was so lucky, Tony, to have a long relationship with a, a, a set of writers, directors, and producers that I worked with over 30 years. Yeah. I mean, it's unheard of. Yeah, it's nuts. And then, and then we were all able to continue to succeed because we spoke the same language. We had all these experiences in common. We, we, we were, we had created a community. I'm sorry to be repetitive, but we, we had together in a collaborative, respectful way, created a community that brought out the best in every piece of that community. Mm, and, mm -hmm. and also as a result of that, if people weren't respectful or collaborative, uh, they didn't last long. Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, that's <laughs> sometimes when uh, people wonder, like, where did that actor go? Like, you know, sometimes people stop acting or they have a kid, they have kids and they're raising a family. But sometimes actors go the way of they're not easy to work with. So that's why we don't see them, you know. And I think nowadays, too, a lot of my casting friends are like, we don't have to tolerate bad people anymore you know what i mean we don't have to hire somebody who's a jerk which is yeah. kind of nice right um, well it's, it's uh, at warner brothers in the old days they, they we tried to adhere to a no assholes rule okay yeah but, uh, but sometimes um, it slipped it, through the <laughs> sometimes it slipped through the cracks yeah 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 but you don't know that that's the thing about actors too we got we love them but you know some can present one way and then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, what have we unleashed? <laughs> right, well, partly, I mean, you know, it's like young athletes uh, who are being told at seven that they're so special and I think young actors also. And so, the, you know, and then we're surprised when they behave like they monsters. Behave badly, that's right. After yeah. 20 years of us telling them how fabulous they yeah. are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so true. So you've had quite a, uh, incredible partnership with John Wells. My gosh, you guys have done a lot. Yeah, we sure have. Jeez. And, I mean, and, and it's been, uh, it, it's a real pleasure. Uh, John is a, you know, uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to look at the book yet or-, or No, not, not yet, but I'm going to, yeah. Good, well, it, uh, you'll see that John wrote the foreword. Oh, nice, and okay. I can, barely read it without weeping <laughs> and then it you know i at the I, I emailed a lot of actors and writers and directors that i've worked with over the years and said hey would you feel comfortable about writing a little blurb for me yeah a few sentences and of course they didn't understand the concept of a few sentences uh so at the end of the book there's a chapter called other people's memories which um uh frankly is so damn flattering of oh, me yeah. and my work uh, from people that are important in my life. Um, it, it's um, it's kind of humbling and uh, just makes me feel so uh, proud of what we did together. Mm. 
Well, John, you did change people's lives, right? Like seeing somebody's talent or advocating for somebody or knowing, really believing in an actor, even if nobody else wanted to cast that person and keep fighting for somebody. That is, you know, that's like such an amazing gift that casting directors uh, yeah. give to actors. Well, that's exactly but, what Shinola Hampton, who played V in Shameless, said in her blurb. When I think yeah. of John, I think of he changed my life. Yeah, I mean, and, and also, and, yeah, and you, you know, and you, you, when you do that, and they turn out not to be uh, self-aggrandizing idiots, um, <laughs> you, you know, it's so gratifying to really help a person is. like Shinola, yes, uh, uh, realize her dreams. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, and and realizing her dreams isn't a matter of luck. It's legitimately, her dreams were legitimate. Yeah. And I recognized it, uh, and we, you know, we'll be friends forever. Yeah. Well, that is the reason why we're doing it, right? Like, is to help somebody step into or realize their potential. In your case, also vis-a-vis -vis their talent, but their talent meeting the job. And for me, working with actors all these years of, like, realizing, yeah, who they can become or what is their latent potential that just needs a little bit more time to turn into this beautiful souffle or, you know, that is really, that's it. That's, there's no other reason, you know, listen, I think life as I, I've always felt this way, but I think life is service work. It really is. Now we, right. We can, there's a monetary transaction that occurs in terms of what we do as well, but like, it's really to be in service. That's what everybody I think on the planet is really here for. Right. I, I completely agree. I mean, there, there's a, a a quote from Father Gregory Boyle. Do you know who he is? No, the, the no. Guy who, uh, he runs Homeboys Inc., which oh, I nice. came in contact with uh -huh. uh, uh, during the casting of Southland because we were casting a bunch of uh, uh, L.A. Latino gangbangers. Right. Uh, and and we went for authentic people who were now reformed. Uh, and he's a Jesuit priest. He's written several books, and he's—it's all about in service. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, uh, and uh, I think as storytellers, we're in service. That's I always say right. that looking back at ER, ER transmitted more important information about HIV/AIDS, the mm -hmm. epidemic, than the government did. Mm -hmm. uh, STDs, mental health issues, drug addiction, alcoholism. Uh, and also uh, inspired a whole generation of young people to go into nursing or healthcare or medicine or doctors, uh, you know. And and, uh, uh, and as West Wing, uh, my nephew is married to a wonderful woman who works uh, in the government now and is a passionate advocate for politics. And and she blames well the West Wing. <laughs> <laughs> or attributes it to the West yeah, Wing. Right, right, right. Yeah. You're a powerful force. Yeah, of course. Uh, and, and, and as, as, as is right, uh, telling the stories of, of wars and love and love lost and death and all of those stories that we've said are the same old stories is a high art. Mm, I agree. That is the purpose of storytelling, right? Like to reflect back to humanity what it means to be human and again the potentials and yeah it's and also like you said yeah i never thought about that in terms of er but you're right i mean i mean that's the i think that is the media right like being able to shine light upon areas that 
are demonized or marginalized or right like and yeah i mean i remember tony i remember we were casting a part for an hiv positive uh character uh, mm -hmm. character mm -hmm. and we, we went to the uh, uh la i've forgotten the name of the organization now but it was a you know a, a gay activist organization that mm -hmm. was dealing with, with aids and we said do you have any members that are actors and uh, I remember distinctly, and, and being a casting director, one of the great things is that you get to di uh, dive into communities that you don't live with, right? And you get to learn about yourself as a result of that. And so one one actor came in, and he was wonderful. Uh, and it was a small scene, but he was just moving and mm -hmm. real. And he said to me, uh, "When is this going to shoot?" And I think I said, "You know, maybe it was a Thursday." And I think I said next Wednesday, and he said, "Well, I appreciate you saying that I did well today, but my T cell count is zero, and I won't be alive next oh, Wednesday." No. You know, and an experience like that—oh my gosh—is um, transformative. Yeah, and it's a gift. Yeah, uh, and it's a gift that gave me the opportunity to give that back to you right now. Yeah, and to, to your listeners. And it's stories like that that are that are in the book. It's an amazing experience to be vulnerable and to be around vulnerability, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to be emotional, to be around emotionality. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, you know, and and if you throw in a little success and a few dollars and a ride in a limousine with a bottle of champagne that's not bad either right that's icing on the cake but the cake is vulnerability it's connection it's intimacy yeah. with other i also think this is why the world is becoming a very scary place very quickly because we are uh, we're devoid of connection everything that so many devices and so much technology is built upon a, um, a virtual world of connection, which isn't connection at all, to mm -hmm. take 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 the place of what you and I are doing right now, right? Or being out in the mm -hmm. world with people in a connected way. Well, John, you have so many incredible stories. I'm really excited for my listeners to get your book right for the role. Um, I'm so glad that we got to meet after all these years. I mean, yeah, I've known about you forever. And like I said, you've cast many of actors who have trained with me, some of my good friends, people I've worked with. And uh, and they've always spoke so highly of you. So I'm, I'm just glad that we've, we've got this time together. And you, you're still casting. You're working on Animal Kingdom, right? Well, Animal Kingdom ended. Is ended. And the sixth and final season right. aired. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm hoping to, to uh, get an interesting project soon. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've been working a very long time. And, and so I have no urgent need to work, although the two wonderful women who work with me have worked with me for over a decade, Kim Wong and Tony Tamietti, uh, keep telling me that uh, I don't think about retiring. God damn it! That's right. <laughs> it's time to start working again. Right? Yeah. Exactly. So, but I, you know, I'm, I have the luxury uh, of only being uh, interested in doing stuff that's really great. Good for you, you know? John. That's important. Yeah. And if, if I can just say that. The book is available on Barnes and Noble's website. Okay. Um, and uh, Amazon. And also on Amazon. Of there course. are three versions of it. Uh, it's available quite inexpensively, I think just around $10 for a Kindle or an e book of some sort. There's also a paperback, paperback. which is 
uh, somewhat more expensive. And then there's also a hardback. Okay, wow, uh, good for you. All three of those are, are available on Barnes & Noble and on Amazon. I had the thrill, you know, uh, my long time uh, at my age saying girlfriend sounds so stupid that I can't say it, but I, you know, since we're not married, I don't know what to call it. Okay. But um, uh, she says I've kept the Barnes and Noble business uh, on Ventura Boulevard in Studio Open. City during the, during the pandemic by buying five books a week. But as a result of that, they uh, recently put my book in the front window of Aww, the store. That's and, deserved. So I, I, you know, I'm very proud of it. And, and so far, the book has been out for uh, today's Friday. Yeah. So the book has been out for four weeks in one day, and we haven't had a single day without a sale of some kind. And uh, we're getting attention, uh, and I'm getting an opportunity to talk to people like you, uh, town halls with you know your students, and or or just podcasts or yeah. whatever. And, and I'm finding it just. Um, another layer of enriching experience to be able to, as you say, we, you know, we're all uh, in service and especially the older you get, the, the greatest opportunity is to be in service yeah. and to, to have the, the feeling that your life and your career has meaning and value for other people to look at. And uh, and that's what the book is about. I mean, it it it, it is uh, it's very much a, a something I'm I, I'm hoping to give to anyone who is uh, willing to spring the bucks and buy it. Absolutely. And John, also, you know, I think books. You're off to an auspicious start, but I also think what the wonderful thing about books is they have their own journey in life as well, right? And so. You've released this beautiful thing. You've sent it. I'm always talking about just send it. Send whatever your work is. Send your self-tape. Don't overthink it. Just put it out into the world. And it will find its tribe. Sometimes it, it, you know, it ebbs and flows or it has a huge beginning and then it tapers off, but then it finds its. So I, I think you're going to do, you seem to be such a genuine person and I'm sure it's going to find its beautiful journey. So I can't wait to go. I usually get on Amazon. I mean, listen, I, I love bookstores, but. Okay, I'll go to the Ventura bookstore, Barnes and Noble, and get it there. <laughs> yeah, I, I greatly prefer the real world. Yeah, so. I know, I know, I know. Um, well, John, thank you so much for being here. And again, for everybody listening, uh, his new book is called "Right for the Role." You can get it everywhere where books find find books are sold. Thanks, John, for being here. My pleasure. I appreciate it very much, John. Thanks for listening to In the Moment. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe and follow us at Anthony Mindel and at AMAW Studios, plus all the worldwide accounts near you for more. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by We Audition. Receive 25% off with the promo code AMAW on weaudition.com. The video chat community to audition, rehearse, self-tape, and get advice, and hopefully book the fucking job.